Hello and welcome to the Cultoid Podcast. This isn't your average everyday Cultoid Podcast though, because it's not just me and James yakking at each other. It's us yakking with someone else, and that someone happens to be an Oscar-nominated film composer. You may know him as Volker Bertelmann, or you may know him as Hauschka. One thing you'll know for sure is that he was the co-composer of the incredible score for Lion. Uh, he was nominated for his work on that score, and obviously you'll know the film has, has, has won many other plaudits and awards as it's been going along. We had the chance to sit down with Volker for about half an hour and chat about his creative process, how he came to find the themes of the score, and also about his new solo album called What If. So I'll stop talking now and we'll go straight to the interview. Enjoy it. So going, going back a bit to, uh, to Lion, um, we wanted yes. to talk a bit about that and, and ask how, yep. how, did, how did that come about? How did you get involved with Lion? I was uh, uh, I was performing in um, in Melbourne a concert uh, and uh, Garth Davis the director was um, well I didn't know who he was but there was a call from my publisher saying there's a director coming uh, to your show would you you w- would love to meet you and I said uh, you know I, I was actually thinking that it might be a student um, that is coming to my show and who was doing a student film. And so I said, uh, yeah, we can meet after the merch. You know, I have to sell them my records first and then we can meet up. So, um, yeah, he was standing in front of me at the merch table uh, and uh, asking me if we want to have a a proper pint, you know. (laughs) 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 And then we went to the the pub next door and, um, you know, he was showing me some pictures on his iPhone that had no stars in it. It was more like like big shots from India, and uh, I was like looking at the pictures, and I said, "Man, this is not a student film." I'm, uh, you know, I'm very impressed. And uh, he, so he, we were talking about a little bit. Uh, he was talking about the process, and then he asked me if I could imagine to work on the Indian part of the movie because he said my movie is a little bit in two halves so and I said oh man I'm you know from seeing the pictures I would love to be involved uh, and then he said could you imagine to collaborate with some somebody and I said yeah it totally depends with whom because um, like a big project like that is of course something that you know, it it needs a lot of communication, and uh, there are many people involved. And if you have somebody who's very um, egocentric in a way, it's very hard to work with because then you always have to, um, you know, um, maybe navigate between each opinions. And um, I, I'm I'm much more a fan of, you know, finding an own like a kind of own point of view and then you know collaborate with the director so I asked him who is it and he said Dustin O'Halloran and I said oh Dustin is a a friend of mine since 13 years so um, and he was at my wedding and uh, you know we we are we went on tour together we we released records on Fat Cat so um, in a way there was already a very long connection between Dustin and me and he is maybe one of the few people where I feel like 
I can collaborate with without any doubt. So, um, and uh, yeah, and three weeks later we were sitting in the, in the spotting session and we were on the, on the, we were on the movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how did, I mean, obviously you, you work well together with Dustin, but how, how does the process actually work in terms of getting the music written? Yeah, you know, we, we were in, to find a starting point, we were actually dividing the cues in half and we were sticking to Garth's first initial idea that I might start with the first half and Dustin starts with the second. Uh, but at the same time, um, we were, um, you know, we were actually uh, feeling that this doesn't work in that strict way. We, you know, we have parts in my music that we want to, you know, in, um, put in Dustin's cues as well and the other way around. So right from the beginning, we, we decided to work separately and, and get a kind of own, you know, own way of working with the cues. But at the same time, we send each other's the cues that we did on the on that day and um, because Dustin was in Los Angeles I was in Germany we had a kind of 24-hour work lock you know it was like it was great I I woke up in the morning and I opened my my computer and there was already cues finished or like you know cues that Dustin was recording then I took them and I worked on a couple of ideas and then I sent them back and the next morning when Dustin woke up he was finding stuff in his computer so that was very um it was very encouraging i mean uh, working with someone and moving so fast and light uh, in a way so at, after three weeks we decided to um you know to work together in a room because that was definitely necessary to record some stuff and uh, you know get the kind of more um, to to edit the the cues and get deeper into the DNA of each scene, and uh, yeah, and so the last four weeks, five weeks, we worked from in Los Angeles and finished the movie. And how how did you uh, you personally in your composition? How do you go about discovering the themes of the story and, and translating that into your music? Well, you know, I, I mean. When it comes to film music, I'm not always attached to what I'm doing on my record. And I think that's a big advantage and a big chance for me. <clears throat> and that's why I really love it as a part of my artistic, of my art artistic work, um, that I have the feeling that uh, the film or collaborations in general allow me to actually you know, make decisions on more of a practical um, point of view or where I feel like this film doesn't need any prepared piano or any kind of sequenced music. This is very lyrical or this is very classical. And so I'm um, in, in that case, I'm mostly sitting down with a film and I press on start and I play along like a silent movie composer. And I'm trying to find the tempo and the temperature and the kind of, um, you know, texture. And then I'm, I'm using different sounds. I'm trying to find out what works well, what doesn't. And if I have a palette of sounds and um, if I know the kind of orchestration, then I start actually, uh, then the actual writing process starts. And um, I'm beginning again from scratch. 
Right. And that's, you've, you've, I think you've, have you done that approach before when you've been on tour, sort of playing along live to, to yeah. films? You've just, sort yeah, of, you've just sort of done it from instinct almost. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I've done that a couple of times through silent movies. And I, I, that's one of the biggest pleasure you can have. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think reacting to something is like communication. I mean, like talking um, in a way when you, when you meet somebody the first time, you know, you're reacting to sentences that are said and you don't know in the beginning what that kind of conversation will be. So in a way, um, I think working with a movie where you keep actually also the distance or the unknown to it, um, the better, I think, because the, the more initial the ideas are. And of course, there, there might be uh, days or evenings where you totally lose it, you know, where it's just like, oh my God, that's not working at all. Or you, you feel not the energy um, in a way. But um, I'm, I, I think it's a, um, the, I can pay that price for in comparison to all the pleasure that I have and, um, and the, you know, the refreshment that I feel when, um, when I'm actually working on, you know, on a, on a spontaneous, on my spontaneous output, I really love this. And I'm, I'm feeling uplifted after a show like that. Uh huh. So then from, from there to move on to the, the new album, mm-hmm. um, Obviously, we've we've only had the first two singles at the moment. Um, but is, can you tell us? I know you've you've done albums before with a concept. Um, it does does this does what if have a concept or a theme running through it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a it's a, maybe the most for me the most I wouldn't say most political album, but there's something in it that already started with um, the last album, Abandoned City. Um, you know, with Abandoned City, I had already thoughts about, you know, con- concepts of utopia, of the future, and, and things that, uh, in a way, are I'm thinking of when I'm thinking about the world my kids grow into. Um, and I had the feeling that in the Abandoned Cities, there was already a little bit of that utopian feel in there, because it has also, of course, dystopian a dystopian feel to it because uh, you know the the cities were abandoned people disappeared dreams were broken um at the same time it was a kind of new start and uh i have the feeling in a lot of uh, in a lot of situations in the world it actually a lot of times it needs collapses to restart again that's my feeling because the maybe humans are not really really good in learning from you know from their from their past uh, experience even though they know about it a lot of times they make the same mistakes again and again and um, I, I felt like this is something that I want to put in a kind of in kind of what if um, sentences um, which means like what if I can't find water or what if I, if I need, if I need exile, which I, in a way I am very privileged. I'm living in a, in a country in Germany is very economic, economical. It's a very solid country and I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I'm living in a way a middle-class life. So I have not many sorrows in terms of, um, 
you know, my, my outcome and my, my living. Um, but at the same time, I want to uh, actually attach myself to, uh, you know, to the feeling. And I had times where I actually was like very struggling and, uh, you know, in a way I want to attach myself again to other people's life where I feel like, you know, they are, they need exile. They, they are followed by whatever political crisis or by wars. And so I had the feeling I want to put myself in the situation of all these kind of questions. Um, so that, that is mainly the concept of the album. Um, like thinking about what if, things like that are happening and what that creates with somebody who is reading and listening to the music at the same time. Okay, and it, moving on from that then, because the, 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 the familiar things disappear in video, which is mm. really great, just visually as well as as well as the song obviously um it's, but it's like it's almost like a like a fever dream sort of thing come to life and i wondered mm. how closely the visuals of that video match your thinking on when you were creating the music oh man that's uh, i would say in a way i don't feel that i'm touching any keyboard <laughs> <laughs> even though i'm touching it but i'm uh, I think that's why we put the keyboard in that movie and uh, but at the same time I'm never playing it. Um, I also don't feel sometimes like I'm, you know, I'm a pure pianist. I, I feel rather that the piano and my way of, uh, well, the way I can play the piano is a big help of expressing my personality in a way and expressing my thoughts. Um, and I think uh, my the album and also that video goes way beyond um, uh, me just being a pianist. That's what I feel. And, and, and I, that means also that I'm collaborating with dancers. Um, you know, I, I've, I made videos where I was never in there as a protagonist. Um, and the, that was the first time, but I had the feeling I don't want to sit at a piano and being the the guy that plays a concert, uh, I had uh, more the feeling that I want to be a part of a kind of installation in a way, or of a dream, or of something surreal, um, which I think uh, helps. I think creativity and uh, performing and making music puts you off often in a kind of very surreal but very healing. Um, uh, environment or, or kind of uh, space where you, you know, where you actually feel a little bit detached from the real world struggle and uh, you feel at the same time very close to yourself. And I think that's something that um, I wanted to express in a way with familiar things disappears, also a learning process where you have to go through a struggle. Um, you have to get a new, uh, you have to find a new way of approaching things. And then afterwards, there's suddenly the, oh, yeah, that that totally works or that that is awesome. I've never thought about it. Um, so in a way, that that's the that's what this, this song is about. I think both both the singles that you've released, um, that not only do they sound different to everything you've done before, but they sound totally different from each other. Um, so constant growth fails has a kind of, uh, almost like a dance like quality to it, but it's almost kind of industrial as well. Yeah. Um, was that the intent on that one? 
Yeah, it's actually this one, for example, is com completely um, recorded with player pianos. So I'm, uh, you know, I programmed actually a computer with p piano lines, and then I had a I had a player a grand piano at my studio, and I I triggered the piano with the computer. And the nice thing is that because it's always there, you can always repeat the patterns. Um, we I re-recorded a couple of times the same take and it was always exactly the same from velocity and timing. And that's something that I can't actually approach with my playing and preparing the piano and using, you know, moving objects on the strings. So I had my hands free and I, can, I could actually work on the strings um, and I wanted to have a, the, the piano sound like a machine, um, like a kind of very controllable sound source, like a synthesizer or like a, you know, like a computer in a way, but keeping the analog feel to it and, and, and recording it like a real piano. And I, I had a lot of pleasure with that. So when the, in terms of, I just touched on prepared piano there. Um, do you remember when you first discovered prepared piano and when you first thought that it was the it was a thing for you? Yeah, it was in the Brecon Beacons in Wales. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, it was actually there because I recorded there um, an electronic album with uh, my friend uh, Stefan Schneider from the band Rococo Road and Luke Sutherland, who plays violin with Mogwai. And uh, Luke and uh, Stefan and me, we had a band called Music AM. Um, when the name came from the fact that we mostly made music very early in the mornings, uh, like right right from 8, eight o'clock onwards. And um, uh, so we recorded at my friend's studio in Wales, in the mountains. And um, while I was where we had breaks, uh, we either were wandering in the mountains or I was playing piano. And then uh, Adam Fuse, who is the owner of the um, studio, he was saying to me, um, man, I don't know, why, why aren't you doing a piano record? And I said, I'm not sure. Piano is so, you know, it's such a cliche instrument and there's so many like virtuous players out there i'm not sure if i'm if i can release a solo record by myself and then he said you shouldn't think about it you should just record it and uh so um i that was staying with me and um you know uh, i started actually working on the first album called substantial in his studio and i i was actually there i was already using my fingers or i was using a a kind of Christmas cake packaging that was cellophane, uh, like a plastic, kind of very crispy um, material. And I put that between the hammer and the strings and I played a kind of hi-hat with that. Um, and I was, and suddenly I said to myself, man, why didn't you think about that? <laughs> you you can get, actually can get rid of the computer. You use actually material on the strings and create you can actually prepare every key differently and you can use them like a keyboard that has all like samples on each different samples on each key. So, um, yeah, that's how I discovered that and how it was, yeah, it was a moment 
where you don't know what it is, but you actually sense the dimension, you know? Yeah. So does that yeah. mean then whenever you're out and about and you see anything laying on the floor, you're thinking, I wonder what sound that'll make? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not like, um, you know, it, it, I'm not obsessed, but I'm, uh, because I there's also life beyond, <laughs> mu- <laughs> yeah. beyond music and preparation. And um, I'm, um, no, I think... I maybe I'm more like an artist that pay, plays piano rather than a pianist that is an artist. So I, I would say I'm I'm more like trying to figure out what works, what I like to do. I'm thinking about concepts. I'm looking for new places I want to put myself in. I'm I think I'm not really scared of new things and also maybe of very unpopular um, things. I'm not so scared of. Um, because I have the feeling the only way you can figure out new ways that you want to approach is by experimenting in an extreme way. And I think I'm getting more and more confident with that. And I think, um, you know, what if is a record that actually is a big step towards not taking care, uh, of what anyone expects of me, uh, rather than, just going in the studio and do what I really love and where I have the, you know, where I feel like, yes, that's, that's what I want to do now. I was, I was just going to ask you actually, what, what do you think is the biggest difference in your style since you started composing? But do you, is that, is that maybe part of it that you've learned to just let go of what other people might think? Yeah, well, actually, I, I have the feeling that I have I found these kind of little, I have the feeling I'm in a kind of living space where I have different rooms that I can open up. And I try to expand those rooms in terms of getting better and better in what I'm doing. So I think the Hauschka room is in a way the room where I'm free to do, where I can where I work with a prepared piano, but I'm I'm very sound obsessed in a way or sound orientated where also synthesizers find play their place like big bass drums and big bass and drums in general rhythm dance music um, but then there is the room where I'm composing for classical ensembles uh, or where I'm performing more distinct music with other classical instruments or where I'm writing for example I wrote recently a cello concerto for a German cellist called Niklas Altstedt and this, for example, is a well. It's a concerto that is based on a Fellini, on a on a uh, on a Fellini script, um, and um, you know the the um, that is, for example, one one piece where I feel um, that, that makes me very proud that I can actually go in those rooms and get in those rooms better and better, and that I actually take my time to. Um, you know, to, to actually know that I'm not there where I want to be, uh, for example. And then the film music is another room. And then there's a room where I'm working with dance and, uh, you know, projects where, or a theater where I'm actually putting myself into a performance composing situation. So, and I think all of these rooms are in a way influencing each other. And I really love that. That sounds great. It sounds like a, it's almost like you walk from one room to another and become a different style of composer. Yeah, in a way, yes. I'm, I'm you know, it's like in Mission Impossible. I'm just taking the mask off. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. if, 
Can you name then a piece of your own of which you are most proud? Or is there um, is there any, any anything that's come out that you think that was what I was most happy with? In um, you mean on the record? Uh, on uh, anything, any any of your film compositions, any particular cues or any particular scores that you've really enjoyed working on? What's given you the most satisfaction? Well, I think um, one piece that I really um, really think is a really wonderful piece is the um, the recording of. Um, a cue called train um it's on online it's a like a very like silent um well it's a violin piece that is just doing one melody line and then at some point there is an arpeggio uh, like a violin arpeggio coming to to that for example is for me a very touching uh cue because in a way i, I mean i worked with a violinist together and uh, you know i wrote her a few things down how i want to have them and then we are, were experimenting with that and um that's for example one one piece that i really love i'm on the new album i really think um familiar things disappear is for me one track that i'm very proud of because there's there's this moment in this track and actually that's the moment where i where i feel like every time i hear it i'm my brain starts to explode in a way that's when this synthesizer sound is just opening up like a huge kind of wave um of sound and, and suddenly the the track gets very big beforehand it starts like very shy and you know more like subtle and um just for this moment where just all the levels are like going up in one from one beat to the other um that's something that i really love and in in its radicalness i, I really love it I'm also pretty proud of the um, the last two concertos that I wrote. One is um, a, a piece that is called Materials, um, that is for a chamber ensemble, and it's dealing with the material of iron, like or the elements that you know are in iron. Like uh, one piece is named after the the chemical um, that is. Um, in a way responsible for the iron smell 
that is actually also existing in our um, in our blood. And uh, you know, um, sometimes blood smells like iron, and uh, there is something in both materials that is exactly the same. And I, I felt like, um, you know, I wanted to, it's a kind of chemical piece for me that has to do with reactions and, you know, connections of different materials and uh, the reactions that they start with each other and then a new material comes out of that. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty proud of that because um, I also learned to work more with with string arrangements in a way I've never worked with. Um, so yeah, that's that's all recent. I would say in the last, well, Lion was already in the beginning of last year, but in 2016, I mostly wrote all that stuff. That's amazing. It's it's just incredible that you think so deeply about your music. Uh, it's not just sort of a kind of hit and hope style thing. You you really are getting some uh, some philosophy in there as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, life is short, you know, <laughs> and in, in a way, uh, it, it totally makes sense that you, you know, either do it in a way, for, for me personally, you do it in a deep way and find actually the sense in what's next, or you just maybe say, hey, no, I'm, I go to a, I work at a French fries place and sell, sell fries, you know, I mean, why should I? play a you know a concert when I don't feel uh, uh, like touched by it myself you know I'm uh, of course you can see it as work but I'm I've never seen it as work I would uh, rather say I'm I would do I was doing it many many years without earning a lot of money I always had to do another job um because I my music was not that popular you know and now I'm I have the feeling it has a momentum where both things are coming together. It's not it's not getting mainstream, and I'm very happy about that. And, and I'm I'm also happy that I can actually fight the mainstream in myself, you know, uh, which I, I really think is um, a good opportunity to grow. I think that's fantastic. I think you deserve a lot of respect for it. So, mm. um, well, well, we'll let you we'll let you get off uh, soon. But I wanted to ask you one last question. Yeah. Which is, um, I, I, I saw um, a transcript of an interview you gave with the the Hollywood Reporter where you were talking about your admiration for Johnny Greenwood's "There Will Be Blood" score. Yeah. And I just wondered, aside from that score, um, what other film scores or uh, just music in general are you listening to? Do, have influenced you, or that you particularly admire? Oh, I'm, I'm a uh, um, humongous fan of Mika Levy. I mean, her score for uh, Under My Skin uh, was amazing. I haven't heard actually the Jackie soundtrack yet so far, but uh, from what I read, uh, there was pretty, you know, a continuous way of her work. And uh, I mean, her way of working with strings is uh, extraordinary. Um, interesting and uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of Johan Johan Johansson I mean he, you know he's a good friend and uh, we shared a, a lot of and we're sharing a lot of things in a way but uh, at the same time I'm I admire his kind of very strict and strong way of um, you know having uh, keeping the artistic approach in a way in his scores up 
um, which you know necessary doesn't have to be necessarily um, a lot of scores maybe want to push you into the um, more commercial world and I know um, I mean his maybe his score for um, the theory of everything was maybe from what I heard from his film music maybe the the more commercial than all the others but still but still there is um you know it doesn't really mean to me that i everybody has to be always left field i think it's sometimes very nice to have a a kind of corner where you can just like write a hit or something like that you know and i'm not avoiding that i think it's 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 a part of what we do the only thing i want to avoid and johan does that in a perfect way for me is um he's avoiding actually to get in traps where you suddenly feel you have to do something even though you don't want it and you i I actually can see every time he's making space for himself to you know that he can move in all sorts of directions and uh so that's very um I really have a big admiration for that. And I I also learn by just watching him doing what he's doing. So um, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, well, I think that that there are comparisons to be made between the two of you. I mean, his, like you say, the theory of everything and then his work on Sicario, it's such a polar opposites. And I think it's the same with you. You know, it's it's that refusal to be pigeonholed and and to keep trying and pushing for different things. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's, uh, that's a big challenge, because you're always scared. I mean, not scared, but but you have to, maybe, well, actually, maybe I think it's the other way around, you have to be fearless to do these moves, because otherwise, you always think that you will lose everything with the next step. Um, and I think, um, to be fresh, and uh, to be challenged, I think you have to actually jump and do extreme moves just to you know to challenge yourself i agree well that brings us to the end of our question so uh, just to say thank you very much for your time volker oh thank you so much and thank good you. luck with the album we'll uh, we'll we'll be pushing it for you uh, i'm very i'm very happy thank you so much <laughs> and thank for for your support man okay no worries take care thank you bye bye see you man bye bye bye